0: This by far is definitely not one of the easiest stories I had ever told or will ever tell. This ex right here has to be one of the most impactful person I've ever dated, actually. So just like any of our story, we have to give her a name. So in this one, I'm going to name her Lucy. She's the main girl that I will be talking about the most. However, there will be another ex in the very beginning of this story. I will name that ex, Kimberly. How the story goes is that Kimberly and I have been dating for about four years at this moment. Kimberly and I used to hang out with this group of friends in Lowell. Now, this group of friends, they were very close to me. They were these nerdy anime weebos, basically... Almost childhood friends as well. So I guess you can kind of say that the trust and everything is all there. And I used to bring her out with us to things such as like bowling, uh, the arcades, and things such as that. She also was into as well. Kimberly and I were at a very rocky relationship towards the end of our fourth year. I'm not going to go much into Kimberly's story. Because that's the X that impacted me the most, but all I can say is from the cheating that Kimberly did, it made our relationship extremely unsteady. On our fourth year, we broke up. We broke up from majority of it was from the cheating and the side effects from the cheating. It made our relationship extremely unstable. things such as like I... Might have told her that I forgave her for the cheating. But I resented it so much. So much so that it was leaking out of me um, towards our tail end of our relationship. Like small little fights or anything like that would would cause a really big explosion. Like it felt as if everything was triggering it. Uh, The trust was gone. And when I was angry... It was just starting to become very uncontrollable. I did things such as name-calling her. I I kept getting mood swings where I would get, uh, like, emotional as well. I would become quiet. And I kept doing this one major big thing, which was I kept bringing it up. Even though I was the one who said to her that I forgave her. So I wasn't over it. But one thing led to another. And she broke up with me, Kimberly, that for some really strange reason, I remember wanting to stay together and working it out with Kimberly. I tried so hard. I guess I panicked from not knowing what to do without her. You see, the living situation at that moment was that I was living with her at her parents' house, and we've been together with each other for about four years. So I didn't know where was I going to go. Like I didn't know how to get through life without her. As crazy as it may sound. I guess that was one of the main reasons why I I didn't want to break up. But we did. I remember when we broke up that I, I just couldn't know what exactly to do. I remember I reached out to my friends. The same group of friends that I told you about in the beginning for help. I asked them if they probably had a room or a place to stay that I could maybe crash there and pay rent. I remember asking one of the friends for money so I could run back to California and just live there because I couldn't face anything. And my friends at the time, they, none of them could have helped me. I, they knew that me and her had broken up, but the craziest part about it is, is that's when the betrayal happened as well. When that happened, I've noticed my so-called friends was posting pictures of them going bowling, but they never asked me to go with them because they were bringing my ex along with them and was trying to basically move in on my ex now that she's single. I was shocked. I was surprised. I was upset. Because I reached out to them for help. And being how they were my longtime friends, they kept it quiet for so long. So that's when I learned most men will think with their dicks, regardless of their friendship. I was so mad, I didn't even message them or ask for their help after that. So I decided to live in my car. I had this pharmacy manager, his name was Jim, and he told me that the only thing I could do right now is just keep working, just to pass the time. Keep working and keep picking up hours until like, you can save some money for a down payment for your own apartment. And I remember picking up a second job. I worked at Tewksbury State Hospital. Both of these, I worked in the pharmacy. I was a pharmacy tech at night for Tewksbury State Hospital, and I worked in Target Pharmacy in a day. And I was juggling between two jobs just as a form of distraction. But even if so, I remember living in my car for three weeks just till I can save enough money to get a down payment for an apartment because I had nowhere else to go. I also had no one else to turn to. See, I didn't want to get my family involved. Honestly, I, I didn't have the heart to face them. I guess you can call it shame or whatever. It's just that, like, I just... I didn't want anyone else involved. And I couldn't turn to my friends because they were out there betraying me and just going out with my ex everywhere because they were trying to get lucky with her. The worst part about it is, is I didn't even know how to live anymore. I felt as if my goals, everything that I was building towards, all those time and hours working, the pay bills, and... Everything that like just drove me was was towards what Kimberly wanted in our relationship. I didn't really have any more goals, any more dreams um, for myself, really. It was everything was all for her and what she wanted. Everything I built and was trying to aim for was to achieve her goals together. Looking back at it, I don't think it would matter if I even died. I remember having those suicidal thoughts. You see, my siblings, they all had their own family. Some of them were married. Most of them had kids of their own. They were all just well off. I mean, yeah, sure, we didn't live lavishly like millionaires, but all of us kind of had like our own thing, except for me. It brought me down to my knees. I even had thoughts like, what difference would it make if I would have just passed away? I'm not really needed anymore in the world. I remember having thoughts like that. But what stopped me was because I was Christian. And I knew that if I were to commit suicide, I would have just sent straight to hell. But even hell sounded better than earth at the time. Thing is, who did I really have to turn to? There was no one to the best of my knowledge knew how to deal with the situation I was in. Not having anything, not having money, not having goals, and not even having a roof over my head. I'd had no one to turn to. I couldn't really confine myself with anyone. I remember even talking to some of my coworkers about it. The new one and the old ones. Just to maybe hear other people's opinions and thoughts. So I told strangers. And I noticed that no matter what people said, including the strangers, no one was able to help me. I did that for about three weeks. Until I finally got my paycheck. And I don't remember dumping all my two paychecks because it was bi-weekly. So technically it was four weeks worth of paycheck. I'm dumping it all to an apartment and a down payment. I remember renting out a studio bedroom. It was the most emptiest room <laughs> like you, you could ever imagine because I had no items really. I mean, all my items and belongings, they just fit into my car. So you can kind of imagine how much luggage... I actually had, or um, boxes and package that I actually had, if it could fit into a car. And it was all thanks to Debbie. She was one of a new friend I met online, I believe it's through Facebook, We met through one of those anime forums and whatnot. And it just so happened she lives in the same state as I, and she was able to help me find a place um, that was very affordable because she was working at a real estate agent. We're not having much credit and not having much of a background for like a previous tenant record. I guess you can kind of say whatever the hell they call it. Get like, where did you live last time references and whatnot. Can't really think of the word. But yeah, she helped me through all that. I remember taking Debbie out to a dinner to thank her for it. Um, for helping me find a place to stay. Buying her lunch. Because I really appreciated it. And she didn't even know the current situation I was actually facing. Other than the fact that I was just a homeless guy that was working, was kicked out by his ex. She didn't know much of the story about any of that. And then Debbie introduced me to her friends that actually came to the dinner. I remember laughing at her. I was like, right, I think I can only afford your lunch and mine's, but I don't think I can afford everyone here. And she said, not to worry about it. I met Steve that day. I remember Steve being like this very introverted, not so much of a talking guy. And during that lunch, we all got to talking and Steve um, kind of decided to kind of open up to us and tell us his current situation. Debbie told me later after Steve told us his situation that it's actually the reason why I wanted you to meet him. Because I've noticed you're really helpful at helping people get through situations and relationships. I was wondering if you can help Steve out with his. Because I can't help him. Now, to give you a basic summary of Steve. Steve was going through a cheating type of scenario. Where he was engaged to a girl that he's been dating for about two years. Everything was fine. To the best of his knowledge. And the wedding and all that was getting prepared for for the next year. And what he thought everything was fine. She came down and told him that he was too dull and too boring. And that the relationship seemed so dull and boring for her. And that she no longer wanted what was set in stone. And she wanted to leave. I remember Steve, like, he... Didn't know what to do. What hurted him the most was. This was his first love. The girl that he first dated. Ever since he got out of high school. Because he had never dated even prior before high school. Being his first love. It's very difficult. Because your brain tends to. Do all this like. Crazy thoughts about like. That you have to be with them. That you guys are kind of like. Meant to be. And you want to kind of just settle with your first love because you kind of have this hype about just, you know, the first time you fall in love, like that's the person you're supposed to be with for the rest of your life. That was a fantasy everyone was selling. Like it was like the notebook or some shit like that, I guess you can kind of say. So he tried his hardest to get everything to work and he fought really hard on trying to get back with her. And I actually told him that I was actually doing the same before as well. You see, when me and Kimberly broke up, I remember writing crazy letters, dropping little gifts at her house, doing all these things just to try to win her back, but no matter what, she wouldn't budge. And I just stopped once I got an apartment to myself, and I was telling him that, The moment I got the appointment was when I kind of realized every time I was swinging my sword, thinking that I was dealing damage, I didn't realize that it was a double-edged sword, that I was actually hurting myself and her as well, and I was actually ruining my chances to be back together. Because no one wants to be with a psychopathic ex who's just still obsessed with you and giving you all this attention. That's when I stopped. And I actually stopped because of the fact I found out that she told her friend that. And when I found out that someone viewed me as someone psychopathic and crazy, I almost lost my shit. Because she was talking to her friend saying that maybe I should put a restraining order on him. And for me to think that someone would want to put a restraining order on me when I didn't do anything to harm them, it was just insane. And that's one of the reasons why I stopped as well. But it was kind of like a self-realization that all these good things that I thought I was doing, like writing letters and giving her gifts, trying to win her back. I was actually dealing damage to her and me. And it was not receiving the way I wanted it to be received. I remember telling Steve that at the table. And he looked at me. It was almost like he had like this light bulb moment that, damn. Was that what I was doing the whole time? I remember Steve also saying, Shit, that means I must have pushed her towards him then. I remember looking at him and saying, What? Pushed her where? And he said, She left me for someone else. And she no longer wanted anything else to do with me. He started to break down in the middle of the fucking restaurant. And... I remember him getting teary-eyed and stuff like that, and Debbie started to move a little closer to him in the booth and kind of just patting him on the back. And I remember me and Debbie staring at each other, and I was trying to give Debbie the signal. Like, Debbie, don't do that. You're, you're just going to make him cry even more if you're confining it. Oh, confining um, comforting him. <laughs> and she didn't get the signal, so he started to cry and break down more in the middle of the restaurant. Mind you, none of us had anything to drink that day. It was lunchtime and we were just, just trying to eat and stuff. And, and the food didn't even get there yet. <laughs> it was, um, it was somewhat embarrassing. I must say that part didn't really get to my head. I was just kind of watching. And at the same time, I remember feeling bad for him because he was just so weak and so vulnerable and he didn't know what to do after he calmed down. When the food arrived and all that stuff. I remember him apologizing so much to the waitress that was coming by. And the waitress was ch- just telling him that, like, no, no, it's okay. Don't worry. It's it's. I can understand. You're having a tough time. I feel so bad for you. It's like, she. I remember the waitress asking him if, if he wanted anything. Like, you know, it's like, just let her know and stuff like that. And I remember him staring up, looking at her. And he's like, can I have edamame? <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's breaking down and all he can think about is asking the fucking waitress edamame. Oh, man. But, I mean, I love edamame too, so... <laughs> and she said sure and she went to go grab it and then um, I remember making that joke about him with him that saying that I can't believe you're breaking down asking a waitress for edamame. <laughs> and he goes, I didn't know what to say. I just kind of wanted her to go away because I feel bad for crying. And... We continue our conversation. One thing led to another. And I said to him, look, Steve, I will help you get through this. In which I did. Now, the thing about Steve that I'm not going to get into was that he was one of my biggest regret ever. Because of all the things I've taught him and everything that he learned from me, he used it for the wrong ways. And that's as far as I will go. He was a monster I created. He's the reason why I would never want to make any more of me exist in the world. Because now I know that not everyone can handle the things I teach them and use it the correct way. Now let's move on. Debbie invited me and Steve to her birthday party and all of Steve's friends. To give you all a current status update of my current emotional state was that I was still devastated. I was still recovering. I was still somewhat silent. And I was still kind of taking it all in about what hit me and how the world took everything from me. I wasn't really a much of a party person, I guess you can kind of say. I didn't really want to go. I just didn't want to be around people and put up this fake smile just so people wouldn't ask me what was wrong. But because Debbie helped me out so much, I couldn't turn down her own birthday. So I agreed, and I told Steve and Debbie that I will be there. And when I got there, and I walked in, Steve and his friends was already there. And Debbie came up to me and gave me a hug, and I gave her a birthday present, which I believe it was some sort of Chobit type of doll that she wanted because she was into Chobits. I remember Steve's friends was walking up to me along with Steve, and and Steve was telling everyone's like, hey, this is Kay. And everyone's like, oh, wow, Kay the legend? You're actually real? And uh, I just remember looking at Steve with like 10 heads, and his friends was telling me, he's like, oh, yeah, Steve and Debbie have told us so much about you, man. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I didn't know really what to say from that. We all drink like crazy playing beer pong and flip cups and and things like that at the party and we were just like just having a blast except for me like i was just getting exhausted of just smiling at jokes but nothing was funny to me i remember sitting there on the couch and just sometimes would just be dazing off and just looking at the time wondering what's the best excuse i can give to debbie about leaving, other than the fact that, like, I have work tomorrow. I just needed some fresh air. So I stepped outside to the porch. Just to get some fresh air, just, just because my, my face is just exhausted from putting this, pas- this facade on this whole time at the party. I stepped outside. That's where I first saw her. She was laying down on this, like, hammock type of thing. She was playing Candy Crush. Now, I didn't want to bother her, so I went to the other side and sat on a chair. I just kind of stared off to the distance. That's when she muttered the first words she ever said to me. And I still remember it till this day. And she looked at me, and she said,
1: I used to have the same eyes as you.
0: I remember stopping to stare back at her with, like, this weird face that I had, like, trying to make sense of what she was saying. And I asked her... What do you mean? And she said,
1: Those eyes, those sharp eyes, so sharp like an emotionless killer, bags the size of Louis Vuitton underneath from lack of sleep. I used to have those eyes too.
0: I was just kind of taken aback that this girl saw through everything. She asked me,
1: I'm not going to pry in about what's going on with you. I don't want to overstep some boundaries or be in a place where I don't belong. So it's okay if you don't want to talk about it.
0: And I said to her, Well, you know what? You're a complete stranger. I probably will never see you again. Let's see, what would you say in this current situation? And she said,
1: challenge accepted.
0: That night, I sat there next to her and I told her everything that was going on between Kimberly and I and all those four years and all those betrayal and everything else of those friends. You know, thinking back, that should have been a red flag with that group of friends because I still stayed friends with them after. But that a story for another time. However, I remember after I told her that, yep, and that's pretty much where I am now. She looked at me and said,
1: Well, all right, that's a lot to take in.
0: And we both laughed. And so she said to me,
1: I could help you. All I need is just your phone number.
0: And I just looked at her with a weird head. And I said to her, I'm sorry, um, I wasn't trying to hit on you. And she said,
1: No, I have a boyfriend, and I'm not trying to hit on you either.
0: And I was like, so what does my phone number got anything to do with it? She said to me,
1: Well, you gotta promise me that you won't text me or question anything that I text you. You just have to follow the commands that I give to you.
0: And I said, what commands? What are you talking about? And she said,
1: Just follow everything that I say to you.
0: So I agreed to it no idea why I did. I just did anyways. Because it wasn't like I was doing anything about it. it. wasn't like I was talking to anyone about it. Or well, more like I did. It just seems like everyone else was basically giving me not the words that I wanted to hear, or helping me resolve the situation. It was about two days after Debbie's birthday party. And I was not really ever thinking about her ever again. Now Lucy, she decided to text me after two days saying that,
1: Put your location on for me to see. Go out and eat at your favorite restaurant by yourself. Send me a video with a timestamp as proof.
0: So I did. I went to one of my favorite restaurants, which surprise, surprise, it's ramen. I remember sitting there eating ramen. And by myself, I didn't really feel so out of place. I kind of just ate. And I sent... Everything that she asked me for, a video, a timestamp of what I ordered and all that stuff. And then she wrote to me,
1: all right, I'll text you your second task another day.
0: And I just wrote, okay, just so you guys understand. Now, these was not in the same like order, I guess you can kind of say, or they weren't continuous day after day after day. She would take time, sometimes two or three days before she sends another task. Day two comes along. So she texted me the next task.
1: Go out and buy an outfit for yourself and send me the receipt.
0: So I went to the mall and I bought jeans and a shirt. And then I took a picture with the receipt and sent it over to her. And I remember her saying,
1: Wait, you didn't buy shoes?
0: And I said, shoes are expensive and I have enough. And then she said,
1: That's fine. I'll send you a third task another time. And by the way, don't wear your new outfit yet. I'll tell you when.
0: And I wrote back, weird, but alright. A few days passed, and she sent me over the third task.
1: Call a female friend just to chat. Not allowed to call me or Debbie. Has to be a different female friend. And bonus if it's a crush.
0: So now I knew that she also knew Debbie. So I did that. I called one of my female friends, which just so happened to be one of my bestest friends. And we chatted and we talked for a few hours. And I remember Lucy asking me to take a screenshot of the time that we were talking. So I did that, and I sent that over to her. And I remember her saying,
1: That's great. I'll send you your fourth task in a little bit.
0: Now, the little bit wasn't a little bit. She actually took like almost three or four days before she sent it over. And the fourth task...
1: Okay, go out and do your laundry, but it can't be at your house.
0: It was weird, <laughs> but I was like, okay. What she doesn't know is that I live in a studio apartment. We don't have laundry mats inside of our studio apartment. But it's okay. So I did that. And on the fifth day, or not the fifth day, but the fifth task.
1: Text me all your flaws that you did wrong. Do not send me what she did wrong. And after you text me, I want you to delete it off your phone.
0: So I did that. But it took me almost a whole entire day to write down all my flaws because I was trying to think of where that I went wrong and what that I do wrong because that's what she wanted to hear. She didn't want to hear what my ex did wrong. Because she already knew it. She said only what I did wrong and all my actions. So I wrote that all down, sent it to her, and deleted the text that she asked. Then I remember it was almost four or five days later. I am just kind of confused. And I had no idea when's the next task coming. But I asked her in a random text message, Hey, I'm sorry to kind of betray the uh, rules here, but I'm really not understanding the point. doing all these tasks. So Lucy texted me.
1: Do you remember when we first met and I asked you on a scale of 1 out of 100 how much does it hurt? And you looked at me you said 99%. I'm gonna ask you again on a scale of 1 to 100 how much does it hurt Kay?
0: And I said, I don't know, 90%? And she said,
1: Your flaws? I can explain that another time. But when I sent you to go get food, I want you to think about how you can get food without fighting with your partner about where to eat. Whatever you're in the mood for, you can get. Money. Being in a relationship costs a lot of money. Now you have the time to spend money on yourself. When was the last time you bought something nice for yourself? So for once, you can have your money and use it however you want it. Uh, When I sent you to do laundry, you're doing errands on your own time. and You're not on anyone else's schedule but your own talking to a female friend without someone taking it the wrong way. People can misunderstand things, even if it doesn't look that way. It may seem that uncertain way to someone else. So I'm just trying to tell you that being single is a blessing in disguise. Having your own freedom, your own life is actually not as bad as you think it is.
0: I remember it hit me like a truck and just the realization of, she was so right i used to spend so much time and effort into someone and and always having to compromise but of course i never think much of it because isn't that what a relationship is and the daily tasks of being a boyfriend and or partner but now i have all that back and it was given to me but i'm over there sitting there just crying and endless nights of just Thinking and overthinking, I didn't even realize that I was gifted back all the time now that I could have used. That was the whole main purpose of the task that she was setting to me and why I wasn't allowed to question anything. So I said to her, was that the last task?
1: No, there's a sixth task.
0: It was a sixth step. And I said, okay, I'm actually ready for the sixth one.
1: Sure, I'll tell you about it in a few days.
0: So she voice called me. In a few days. I was actually surprised because we always kind of stick to texting each other. And I heard her voice.
1: On a scale of 1 to 100, how much does it hurt?
0: Um, I don't know. Maybe 70%? Well,
1: you know, as cliche as it sounds, time really does heal all wounds. When you give yourself time to process what has happened and you're spending time alone, you can get to know yourself a little bit more. Um, At first, it's going to be weird, but you know, your brain needs to adjust to a new normal and maybe that new normal is giving yourself time before your whole life was revolved around making decisions for another person. You couldn't just think about yourself and now you've healed or you give yourself the chance to heal with all this time that you have, you can just start redirecting it, refocusing on yourself. So eventually, you won't see it now. But looking back one day, you'll see that everything worked out for the best.
0: And I looked at her and I said, I think your math is off. And she laughed and she was like, I think you get the concept. I really did. But I thought it was funny. But yeah. What's the sixth task?